Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and all in between. I'm Jonathan Kwiatkowski, welcoming you back to another Amuse Bouche segment sponsored by Nightcaps at the Theater. I like to get uh, bleach and sunshine uh, um, fucking implemented directly into my veins. I am, as I said, Jonathan Kwiatkowski. Who am I here with? Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm Marge Simpson from The Simpsons, Mark Zebro Jr. And my Very name weird. is Matt. <laughs> uh that that door dasher that you tipped 10% a handful of years ago I haven't forgotten you Cabrera oh, wow 10% eh <laughs> that's not enough out here yeah you need to be tipping a little bit more with those door dashers they're risking our they're the pillar of our community right now <laughs> hell yeah we, we have oh. to rely on the unlikeliest bunch of heroes to save us yeah, if I didn't have an Italian mom in the household, you know where I would be dead. That's where I would fucking be. <laughs> She's like, oh, I made some eggplant parmigiana because I'm home. And I'm like, bless you, mother. Bless you. It's like a whole tray. Uh, it was overflowing in the oven. And guess what? It's gone. <laughs> yeah. Fucking day. Where'd it gone. Go? <laughs> I don't know. Into my, into my, get in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, well, uh, pop culture, it's fun, isn't it? It's the only thing <laughs> keeping us alive because time is meaningless mm-hmm. and nothing is going on in our lives otherwise. Uh, pop culture, anyone got some? I I have got too much pop culture for this week because that's all I've been allowed to do in my life is to watch fucking television. Yeah, until but, Governor, um, Governor Murphy says that's off limits too now. I know. What if that caused the coronavirus the whole time? <laughs> uh, so uh, let's begin with our opening segment. I watched the show, so I know that we begin with Shut Up, Weave. Any <laughs> anime that we've been watching lately? Uh, I got a couple. All right. Well, you could start because I got one. All right. Well, as usual, uh, the Clone Wars still going strong. Uh, and, and this uh, latest uh, two uh, two episodes into this four episode arc. Now we're now into the uh, siege of Mandalore. We're uh, now kind of finishing off what seems to be like the the last last episodes of the Clone Wars. We've now uh, transitioned from Ahsoka's kind of uh, walkabout arc, where she's just kind of like kind of seeing things uh, outside of the perspective of the Jedi Order, and now she's being pulled kind of back into the fray and having to fight alongside the Mandalorians to take back their planet from uh, Darth Maul. Hey, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of water gun should I buy? I, I'm confused. I'm Ahsoka. Confused. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the quarantine madness has gotten a hold of me. <laughs> I'm t- you know, it, Super Soka. You know, <laughs> the way her name is actually spelled, it should be Ashoka, but yeah, uh, they, because of the show and how it's uh, pronounced, that it's been Ahsoka from yeah. day one. 
but I mean, I hate to mock, but I kind of like that character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like we've uh, kind of like now like kind of gone full force into like following her up until like the the last episode here. Uh, but uh, who seems to be really the most standout character uh, from since his reintroduction into this series up until the very end here is uh, Darth Maul himself. Uh, for someone who like it, it seemed like very complicated to almost bring him back from the dead, he's actually the most uh, compelling and someone who's actually like who acknowledges uh, all the events that's leading up because this is now um, uh, correlating around the events of Revenge of the Sith. We're kind of we're kind of seeing uh, a different perspective uh, through everyone else's eyes while the actual movie is taking place. Those are like two fan favorite characters, Darth Maul and Ahsoka. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, wow. uh, see, we've uh, we couldn't see the story arc finished because of the uh, the show being canceled back. And I think around 2012, and that's when Disney bought uh, Lucasfilm, so they had to try and transition. And that's where Rebels comes from, being a, a successor show, still being helmed by Dave, Dave Filoni, but like I would say, kind of weaker animation style. Uh, and I, I don't know. There, the Rebel seems to have a lot more interesting things going on than uh, the actual story or or an actual arc that happens between uh, its four seasons. But there are a lot of really cool fan favorite things, and that's when they actually still continue to bring back Darth Maul, and he's kind of there up until Episode Four. Uh, and obviously, uh, Solo, Star Wars story, um, spoilers. He's there at the end, and there's a lot of prominent things that happens there. So there's a lot of inter. <laughs> connecting things that darth mole is very um present at uh and he's uh, how, it, how did they bring him back because uh, last i saw he was he was chopped in two. Oh yeah well and, they brought the emperor back and look what happened to him he, well, that, that's <laughs> he, true uh a, a lot of it just kind of uh was pandered down to like uh dark side magic and him surviving with a uh, a spider dark-sided uh, he had horcruxes yeah, he, he had Horcruxes. He had a spider body, uh, and wow. uh, there uh, some some uh, some witch uh, magic as well. That, <laughs> Wh- space witches? Oh yeah, the, the space witches are prominent. Witches in space. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's he's very very good. Sam Witwer, who uh, portrays him here, is very compelling. And there's um, Ray Park, who's well known for yeah uh, uh, Darth Maul, one of the most prominent characters he's played. Over the years, he actually the came, unspeaking role. He actually came uh, technically, yeah. Uh, another actor had actually came came in to voice over his lines, yeah. uh, but he actually came in to motion capture for the cartoon, which is uh, uh, hasn't really uh, happened before. But with the fight scene that he has with Ahsoka in, in this latest episode, it really shows. Like the animation style changes, and it makes it feel more real, as if like you're actually watching. <laughs> the uh, uh the character come to life and there 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 are some of those uh those uh duel the fates moments yeah, well, well in here it's a bop <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know they change it around a little bit you know some orchestrate uh uh orchestra you know, uh influences they 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 put on there little nice touches i like um 
And yeah, it uh, there's only two more, and I I'm actually uh, looking forward to some heartbreaking moments that might happen here. Uh, it's uh, now the show is not without shortcomings. There are some contradictions here. Uh, I I find almost that Ahsoka says some some things that just don't line up with what she's trying to advocate uh, from a previous episode. Um, that's my opinion. I, I would maybe need to look a little bit further. I'll, I'll have a more definitive answer once we get to the end. But it's uh, she's still very true to herself, I think, and it, she's really like that that uh, that staple that kind of helps like perpetuate things and sees things in a different light than how other characters might might view that. Uh, and yeah, it's it, it's still a strong show, one, one of my favorites, in fact. So mm. I look forward to seeing this uh, come to to a, a bittersweet end. Mm. Nice. Uh, all right, and so uh, next up here, I forgot to talk about it last week, uh, and uh, this is uh, Smiling Friends. Oh, so good! I saw this too. So uh, Smiling Friends, Smiling Friends comes from uh, animation creator uh, Zach Hadel, also known oh, as love him. also known as Psychic Psychic Pebble. Pebbles, and uh, mm. who has a very long, long Newgrounds uh, background uh, that we've seen from other kind of content creators out there as well. Um, so this is a kind of one episode, kind of 14, 15 minute long thing that, uh, that's, it, it's part of a whole new kind of initiative that Adult Swim has been doing. Mm. And, uh, this is free right now on Adult Swim. You can watch it there. Uh, and it kind of like, it, it centers around these people, these like three, and they're, they're all different kinds of creatures and it's, yeah. no, there's no really definitive way of like describing them. Yeah. Um, Zach even uh, portrays a couple characters in here as well. One one of our kind of like straight men kind of characters where uh, he's just kind of like, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> Tries to see like a different light of uh, a, a weird uh, coincidence of situations. And so they kind of run, help run this organization where they go out and try to make people's day better, or try to make them <laughs> smile. Where, I'm uh, just gonna kill myself. <laughs> yeah. So they they go and uh, and uh, try to help this man played by um, uh, Mike Staglasa from uh, Red Letter Media. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he, he, first of all, he's he's fucking hysterical. Yeah. And he's just like an overweight man who's recently divorced. His kids left him, and he just his character is just always holding a gun to his head and just saying the most <laughs> cryptic, depressing things that that even like ourselves could think about every once in a while on a daily basis yeah. and uh but also makes comedic light out of it as well <laughs> um the uh this the series also like kind of uh, has some guests other guest stars on here as well finn wolfhard is here for uh, a, a a brief gag why am i yeah. not surprised but, but it, i know he's everywhere <laughs> it's very funny his, his his uh his brother is also here on the show as well oh yeah uh what, what the nick, fuck is his name zach wolf nick, i forget the nick other one wolfhard. Wolfhard. nick nick wolfhard. wolfhard that was close um so and yeah yeah it's 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 just blatant absurdity it's it's hilarious uh, it is it's good i dig it i love the character like interactions with each other and I, I don't see this actually happening for a full season. Only I think they're making an episode too, because well, Zach recently commented that he was. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I've already looked at the fall lineup for 2020, and, mm -hmm. and, and right now it doesn't seem to have a full schedule episode release. I think it's coronavirus. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, gotten, it's gotten so much like. Uh, internet backing behind it people are like been posting it everywhere like just random clips of it that it might it might actually maybe further down the line maybe within the next year we might see be, a full season 
Yeah, I'd be happy for them because I've been listening to um, their podcast, which is uh, Sleepy Cabin. Mm-hmm. Now, that podcast is extremely risque. That's like a uh, rated X podcast. Yeah. Uh, but it's also I'm, really good. I'm I love right that there. podcast. I've I, I seen them pop in on like like Oni Plays. You know, yeah. Oni NG is another big Newgrounds yep. uh, personality as well. And yeah, yeah. it's... It's, it is my sense of humor that they that they uh, that they do. It it's not for everybody, but it I I, I like it. Uh, yeah, and so. uh, Lyle from that uh, podcast once tweeted me back. Oh, yeah. Ooh. So I'm I'm uh, three degrees away from Zach so the Psychic Pebbles. You're a celebrity. Yeah, basically. Wow. Next you're gonna uh, say Elijah Wood visited your island. <laughs> I oh. love Elijah Wood. <laughs> we'll get to Elijah later. You, you uh, just trust me on that. Ooh, nice. Oh my. Um. So yeah, um, I like it, um, and that's all I got for uh, for anime. All right, I, I got one currently airing on Netflix. It goes by the name The Midnight Gospel. Mm. Um, this I, is by Adventure Time creator Pendleton Ward. He's yeah. done the animation. I think he's also producing, and it's actually. I mean, I've been in a depressive state as usual, but it's actually really good because um, it's basically these stoner conversations st- set to like this trippy bloody very graphic animation mm-hmm. and oh, i kind of dig it i wish that i had weed a little bit more while watching it because i think that's how you're supposed to watch it so it's for kids but, well it's what? not for kids <laughs> well i mean it would be for more matt you forget i watched drawn together at like eight years old so <laughs> i guess it's for me as a kid but <laughs> nothing else um at the same time they get these comedians and they have these conversations, which I don't know are scripted or not, because they don't seem scripted. But for the episode one, they're talking about um, uh, drug legalization. And for episode two, they're discussing uh, just feelings on death in general. And they really hit harder than I thought they would. So it, it's just interesting to me that we're having these conversations through animation. It's kind of like drunk history, but with weed. Yeah, but they don't go anywhere, and there is a plot to the show. It's about, like, the psychic traveler that goes into the lives of different life forms on different variations of Earth, and um, it's loosely followed. Like, you can watch this episode once just looking at the animation because there's so many in-jokes, and then you can watch this episode once just listening to the conversation a la a podcast. I don't know what they are, but that's what they do on the show. So, I I mean... I, I would recommend it, but I, I mean, I want Cuomo in his uh, state to legalize this, <laughs> please. Now's the time. Maybe after his battle with Trump. Oh, my God. <laughs> what kind of world are we living in, guys? I don't I don't know. The world is ending. Just accept it. Have you injected your daily dose of uh, bleach and Lysol yet? No, I haven't gotten to it yet, but soon. Okay. <laughs> And uh, that's all my anime. Uh, Matt, do you have any Shut Up Weave segments to add? I, I have already shut it up. Uh, mm. All right. Well, our next segment is TV Court. I will go in that I say I have the most TV that I've ever watched on this podcast. So I don't know if I should go first, in the middle, I, or last. I, I've got oh a couple. All right. uh, I, I think I'll go first because I haven't spoken yet really all true. that much. But um, the gospel. Now, this will be quick. I've been catching up on Better Call Saul. I'm not fully caught up yet. Uh, season 5 finale happened, I believe, this past week. And I'm about four episodes away from that. But I hear, you know, shit gets kind of real in its own, you know, like Better Call Saul low stakes way. Um, but it's it's just really solid television. Obviously, of course, it's remained consistently good. Um, I've heard some people say that the fifth season is the best one yet. 
and I'm I'm not really feeling that sentiment just yet, but uh, maybe as I go along with it and uh, along that same line, I've also heard people say, you know, now is when the show is even better than Breaking Bad, and uh, I hope to hmm. agree. I hope to feel that way. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of dying to catch up, be fully caught up, so hopefully by the next time we speak, I will be. And other than that, oh man, <laughs> I've, uh, for whatever reason, Community has been making headlines recently. I think it just... It's on Netflix, that's why, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just as a result, um, well, April recently decided to check out The Good Place, and uh, she made it up oh. through... Yeah, she made it through the end of season three, which is all that's available on Netflix. I miss April. I need her commentary on things. I swear. We'll, we'll get her in soon. What do you mean? No, we're never going to see each other again! <laughs> uh, we'll always have nightcaps. We'll always have Aunt Ida. <laughs> Aunt, Aunt Ida. So, you know, we we're not able to finish The Good Place legally because uh, of dumb bullshit. <laughs> Fuck you, Comcast. Hashtag. And um, so after season three, I suggested to her, you know, why not Community? I think she'd like it. And oh, it's such a slow of, start, though, Matt. It kind of is, but she was enjoying it, and even I was enjoying right. it. Um, I haven't seen everything along with her, but I've seen probably the bulk of it because uh, I forgot just how good this show was. It is utterly hilarious. It is. It's um, good. Well, get ready yeah. for those middle seasons, baby. Well, yeah. <laughs> the rough ones. I, really oh, like. I love the the paintball episode. Yes, My fucking course. god, it takes me away. Yeah, now by the end of season one, uh, which is where that paintball episode comes in, and, and oh. you know, season two, they're in like full kind of pop culture parody mode, and it's <laughs> so fantastic. There's so many in jokes. It's so, um, uh, what's the word? Not audacious, ambitious um, yeah. as a sitcom. It's 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 fantastic. It's bliss. It's it's wonderful. I fully recommend it to anybody if you haven't seen it. It's a little bit dated, I guess, just because of how reliant it is on pop culture so you, you'll see lots of things from like 2010 20 uh 2009 things like that but um man and, and you get to see like you know a young donald glover yeah. <laughs> a young childish gambino <laughs> yeah a child childish if you will a young lando <laughs> yeah oh. and um you know it's great and even a you know kind of a younger ken jong um allison jacobs uh, you yeah. know, all these Bree, people who no. have gone on. Uh, <laughs> were you going to say Brie Larson? Because I was. Gonna I was going to say Brie Larson. And I forgot. <laughs> no, because no, Allison Brie is on Wait, Glow, yes. right? No, I messed yeah. it up. It's Allison Brie and yeah. Gillian, no, that's not her. Or yeah, it's no, Al- it's Allison it Brie or Gillian it's... Jillian Jacobs. Yeah, Jillian Jacobs and Allison Brie. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I for some reason, I uh, uh, combined the two. All right. Um, I would my dream at least our. Our mind autocorrected that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, no, fantastic show. If you haven't seen it, now is the time. Uh, things get weird after season three and not in a particularly <laughs> good way, but I still think it's worth it. There's, like, a highlight. I still quote the virtual reality episode, I think, from episode oh. six, where <laughs> where the dean keeps on yelling, Jesus wept, for there are always- no more worlds to conquer. <laughs> Uh, I I always quote the Dean as like in that devil outfit. And then I quote uh, Yvette Nicole Brown as like the Lord is testing me. (laughs) It's, it's it's amazing. I I really love it. And uh, yeah, full recommend. Mm. That's it for me for uh, TV court. 
All right, Mark. I've got like 10, 11, 12 shows to talk about. Okay. So um, uh, should I go or should you go? Mine, mine should be really quick. All um, right. Well, you go then. Um, so uh, a new episode for uh, Tiger King, now dubbed uh, The Tiger King and I. Uh, now hosted. Joel McHale. Yeah, now yeah, the, community. Yeah, it's speaking. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, we haven't heard the last of him uh, either. Um, <laughs> so uh, Joel, uh, yeah, Joel McHale uh, hosts uh, this new episode, bringing um, not everyone, but like a variety of uh, the characters from the documentary series. <laughs> the actual people, not characters. <laughs> I mean, they're characters in their own might. You know? Yeah. And uh, so. Um, we just get like little tidbits more of information in terms of like how Joe was dealing with the tigers and like other people around uh, his compound, and we even get um, uh, Jeff Lowe on the phone with his uh, with his wife, Whoa. and uh, it's uh, I, I I mean it's it's still kind of shady to, to kind of talk about like where with his position on things mm-hmm. because uh, a lot there's a lot of shady things that were that were talked about with him and like. Even the, um, I was, I think their attorney, the big uh, uh, ski boat guy, who uh, still has some uh, dirt on him. Uh, but uh, none of this means anything to me yet. I still you haven't know. seen Tiger King? Nope, still haven't. I, I mean, I, I didn't see the last two episodes, but I even know who this ski boat guy is because he has like the greatest, the greatest uh, victory out of all these people. <laughs> but, but still, like everyone here, I mean, most, mostly everyone is is a scumbag. Carol Baskin doesn't show up. Carol fucking Baskin, and, and I can and I can understand why you know, especially how she, uh, but she still comes up in conversation for uh, uh, for the documentary. Um, mm. But I think this was just kind of like a catch up kind of thing, and just like Joel McHale trying to uh, uh, peruse his ego a little bit more here as well. Oh my god, his new podcast with fucking um, who's on Community that's in the Hangover? You just uh, said Ken, his name, yeah, Ken Jung. Yeah, he has a new podcast with him. It's awful because Julie Klausner on her new podcast just reviewed that podcast. Oh, and no. It, it's a fucking shit show. But apparently Julie Klausner had a run-in with Jude McHale and like she was like having like an orgasm every two seconds. So I, I do love Julie Klausner. I swear by her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, you know, it's just kind of like a little catch up you know, on things and seeing some other <laughs> characters' perspectives on uh, on uh, on the documentary. So. Yeah, it's it's a quick forty minutes. You know, you can have on the background, and uh, yeah, not not nothing too much. But uh, yeah, yeah, you can go check it out. Uh, next one up, uh, we have um, uh, probably one one of the funniest things I've watched uh, over the past few years, and that's Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Oh yeah. Huh. Oh yeah, the wanted improv to, comedy specials. Yeah, yeah. I want to see this shit live. Yeah, me too. Yeah, this this was touring for a bit. Uh, so this stars uh, Thomas Middleditch and Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Good thing you said it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, um, so uh, they they are acting as an improv comedy duo here, and uh, they're you know it, and there's only three episodes. They're they run for about fifty minutes a piece. I wish there was more, and I I've never laughed uh, this this much uh, since maybe I watched maybe Oh Hello on Broadway. Oh, oh hello this 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 had me crying laughing and <laughs> yeah. I, I had to stop just because i had to i didn't want to miss the next joke because i, I could not stop laughing oh so um, good the uh the, the two are just um really 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 solid when it comes to trying feeding off like feeding off each other uh it's quick it's witty um 
it, it, uh, like just the circumstances that, that 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 they kind of like pull themselves into when they they're putting in all these characters and then they're forgetting like what characters names were and they and they just <laughs> have to point that out while in character as well as the kids and they're going back and forth and they're just so so creative and on the ball and i i can't i i I can't recommend it enough. Hopefully there's going to be more uh, about this. Uh, ben Schwartz has been trying to like tweet this and uh, Instagram yeah. is out the ass. Please go check it out. It, it, it's just utter hilarity. It's yeah. on my that's list. Awesome. Same. Mm. Sounds right um, up my alley. Yeah. Um, and yep, that's, that's it for TV for me. All right. Uh, strap in children. Cause we got a <laughs> long tale tale. Um, first I'm going to begin with the Stephen King joint, the outsider, which I have been wa- binge watch like harder than any other series in history. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I loved the book and I love Stephen King as you all may or may not know. <laughs> and this, um, the outsider was the shit. Yeah. I fucking loved this. Um, I think it has the best cast on television since Sharp Objects, because I love Sharp Objects too, but they did justice. Cynthia Evero is shining. I want to see her in more Stephen King shit because hmm. I, I love her so fucking much. She's a great singer, even though, you know, she didn't do that hot in Harriet, according to some people on this podcast. I love Cynthia. I love Cynthia Evero. I love her. <laughs> she's re- so good. I'll reconsider. Uh, she She's a standout uh, on the show. Yeah, and we have... We have a, a, a method actress, uh, Mare Winningham, who plays the the wife to the sheriff. She's super good in this. Yeah. I love her. Uh, I, I just think it's killing it. And some jokes that got me is that the strip club is called the Peach Crease. <laughs> <laughs> because that's fucking funny. And every time they go into the Peach Crease, there's this blasting techno, like, fucking porn music. Oh, and yeah. I thought that was hilarious. And there's tons of car conversations in this series that I think will uh, speak to the masses here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very Stephen King. I loved it. I, I, I think it's a great Stephen King adaptation. And yeah. he's raking that money. I love him. Mm. I love Mr. King. <laughs> um, my next TV watching adventure has to uh, go back to Killing Eve. Uh, uh, I've been keeping up. This. It's it's really good. They started season three with a bang by killing a major character. Ooh, wow. Not going to say who, but I was surprised. And Matt, you may be surprised because I think they're actually taking the story somewhere. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have believed it, but it's, it's slow going because <laughs> it's only like episode two or three at this point. But uh-huh. they're actually building a world. Ooh. So... Very yeah. interesting. Well, that's good. Villanova. Yeah, Villanova is as fashionable as ever. Sandra O oh is fucking killing it. Nice. I love it. I love it. Um, all right. Now I have to take a, a bit of a downer of this podcast. We're going to go to Westworld Season 3. Mm. The best show they on had, television. Well, I, it's good, <laughs> but it's also bad at the same time because this... <laughs> This, um, not last, but last, last episode, they had the most meh episode of Westward I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's called Genre, and I just want to take you through the episode's plot just to see how you would react. So Jesse Pinkman, you know who he is, who he's played yep. by. Um, he's he takes so good, a drug. Man. Yeah, well, basically. <laughs> he takes a drug that makes him experience life in different movie genres, and the episode is called Genre. Oh, <laughs> Clever. so while taking this party drug he experiences 
noir apocalypse now he gets a parody romance he gets a musical number and then he gets a war drama number and this is the most heavy-handed shit that i've seen on television um the only thing that changes is music and lighting and it's so sad because euphoria did this exact same thing with like a detective drama so good euphoria did this like to the nines to the tens like they had actors changing costumes mm-hmm. they had actors changing like their their mannerisms and everything but here it's just like oh a different filter we're in a different genre and i went westworld you can't do this <laughs> like this is the worst episode it's so heavy-handed ouch Whoa. um at the same time we get <laughs> okay we get um what's his name oh my god it's uh, marshawn lynch who's like a football player rapper who was also in this season. Sure. Yeah. Um, he talks to Jesse Pickman. I don't know his real name. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Aaron Paul. Aaron. Yeah. I was going to say Aaron something. I didn't know his last name, but he turns to Aaron Paul and he says, uh, well, he's reacting because like the, the humans are like pilfering and they're, they're fighting and they're, they're being mad at one another. And he turns to Aaron Paul and he goes, no man, this is the reality. <laughs> Oh my and god! It is so bad. <laughs> it makes me cry. Oh my god! I went. <laughs> nope. I can't do this no more. This is bad writing. That's you can't terrible. do this, Westworld. Holy um, crap! They also stole Stanley Kubrick's score to The Shining directly for no reason. It doesn't have any. <laughs> any any weight in the the episode at all but i went this is stanley kubrick's score to the shining why why would you take this i i don't know uh, it's so funny it's so funny when like you pointed out because i watched that clip of um having uh the, the, the dragon of- drogo yeah. did you see drogo yeah like having having him like about to be like cut up or it's like okay we're getting rid of a bad tv show uh to put in place another bad tv show yeah, <laughs> it's I, it, it's almost like meta of of its own sense, unintentional. It it I, ooh, I'm without words for this episode. It was like the worst episode of television I've seen in a hot minute, and I've seen a lot of TV. God damn. <laughs> um, but inversely, their uh, penultimate episode, the one that I saw last week, um, was really okay. It wasn't bad. It was more about uh, Maeve, Thandie uh, Newton setting up against Dolores, Evan Rachel Wood. Um, I-, I thought it was pretty good. Like compared to like they're they're throwing in some twists. So like so far, it's been a middling season, but it's been more good than bad. Even though it had the worst episode I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> I think it was so bad it was good at times. Because if I watched this on like a normal day, I'd have been like, "What the fuck? People are into this. I don't understand what's going on." <laughs> So, I, I mean, I would still recommend, I still think season three is better than season two. Uh, and I will still continue to watch because I have a, a soft spot in my heart for Westworld. I think you just convinced me to tap out altogether. No, <laughs> I, I think you need to see it to believe it, first off. I don't know. Like, you got to check yourself first. Yeah, I really don't know. I, I would have to get very bored before I dive into uh, finishing season two and starting three. Same. Oh, no, but season two is so bad. No, but <laughs> season I, three is really... Eh, okay <laughs> that's not very convincing i'll watch it i'll watch it <laughs> shut up um speaking of good television we have what we do in the shadows on oh, FX. i never got around to this matt matt you need to watch it it's still <laughs> so fucking good oh, it great. is like the best thing that i'm watching we have a. Uh, 
Uh, we have Duffers from Broad City playing a major character in the first episode. <laughs> um, we have storylines continued from season one, so they're doing us justice in that. Um, nice. uh, hold on, let me re- let me read my notes. I can't fucking read. Um, <laughs> what do you the, mean? The whole episode one plot line is devoted to like this necromancer that's bringing back the dead, but at the same time, he's marketed like a Disney. Uh, executive, he's like, and you could take a free keychain on the way out, which I loved. <laughs> um, the second episode had ghosts, and Nadia's ex-lover shows up from the first season again. Uh, uh, we get confronting vampire ghosts, and we get this whole thing, like, the ghosts can't leave unless they have unfinished business, and not Lando, not Nadia, but the third one, I, I forget <laughs> his name. But his, like, unfinished business for his ghost is like, you just have to jerk me off. That's all I fucking need. That makes sense. <laughs> and and it's the uh, whole fucking episode. That's Matthew Barry's character, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> Sounds like it. Then we get this po- possessed Nadia doll, which didn't come back in episode three, but I think is really going to come back at some point because I think it's a funny a funny joke there. And then for third episode, we get the superb owl. They're invited over to a Super Bowl watch party. And this shit was funny too. Like I, this show, this movie, this series, it does vampires to a justice that I never thought I would speak of on this podcast because right. I love the vampire nomenclature. I, it, it's like the highest recommend that you could ever get from me. I love this show. Did uh, Taika Waititi write the last season or is he still like, yeah, a- he's, do, he's in, I think he directed, wrote, produced, whatever. Cause he's in the fucking last season one. Boy. He shows up. In season one. That I know. I just wasn't sure if, like, he was, like, actually, like, like legitimately, like, writing, like, the show itself. I well, wasn't, I wasn't sure if like, he's how not, involved he was. Yeah, well, if he's not, it's someone who's really fucking close doing it, because I love it just as much as that movie. Like, nothing better on television now. You need to watch. It mm-hmm. looks like Taika directed three episodes from season one. Uh, I'm not sure how much he wrote, though. Okay. Sure, Jan. <laughs> Sure, Jim. We'll believe your Wikipedia search. Um, but that's done with that. And now on to my uh, 7.5 hours of drag-related content that I had to watch this week. All right. Because RuPaul's Drag Race is overtaking the world. So we're going to start with the the basic series. We're going to start with RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. Um, we missed a few episodes. There was one involving selling a product, which they always do. Uh, droop style, or as uh, we know, goop style. <laughs> they took the the drag race nomenclature and turned goop into droop. Um, at the same time, we had Shaka Khan as a guest host. Nice. And she seemed lost in the sauce, but we love Shaka Khan more. We lost one of the fan favorites of fan favorites. We lost Jan from New Jersey. Oh. Fucking Jan. She, well... And Always anything she's Jan, 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 Jan. No, it's Marsha, Marsha, yeah, Marsha. But at the end of the movie, that's what happens with Cindy. Oh my god, I fucking love Jan. Wait, I've never Which related. part of Jersey is she from? She's from right near us. I think she's from. Oh yeah, this sounds familiar. I think you mentioned it. She's not Bridgewater, maybe. I, but All right. but she was referencing references that we would know, and she was a fan favorite. So I'm like, yeah, more New Jersey power okay, on this show. Cool. Um, and and the whole fan base was rooting for her but she went home despite doing everything that she was supposed to so the show Mm. is a hot mess but we love her at the same time um and she'll get a spinoff drag race new jersey yeah we we really should because michelle visage is from uh south plainfield north plainfield 
East Plainfield, West Plainfield? I don't fucking know. And then uh, last night's episode, we had a politics challenge. So we had uh, Frock the Vote. And it was actually really funny. These queens had a lot of... Like, the season is really strong. Like, I, I, I highly recommend watching Drag Race on a normal occasion. But now is the fucking time. This is a really great season. Like, I, I've loved this season so much. Wow. We had... Guest judges Jeff Goldblum and Rachel Bloom, who you may know. Oh yes, of course. That's all. And Jeff Jeff Goldblum was being his Jeff Goldblumist self. He didn't know <laughs> what the fuck was going on. He asked about tucking. He had a whole segment after the episode where he's like, "Why am I even here? I don't know what's going on." I love him. And we do love him, but it was just strange seeing him there. Um, <laughs> For the next four weeks, if you like Drag Race, also on VH1, you may want to try Celebrity Drag Race for the next four weeks. Ah, uh, hmm. This is a new spinoff series that's also an hour and a half long where we invite celebrities, in quotes, because these celebrities, they were not celebrities. Yeah, who was it? Uh, it was Nico Tortorella from Younger. Okay, that's a show. It was... It was one Riverdale guy who I didn't fucking know because I don't fucking watch Riverdale. Sure. But it's the best show ever. And then it was the main character from Sorry to Bother You. Wait, Lakeith Stanfield? Yes. Oh, yeah. I love him. He's great. Yeah. He was a celebrity, but I I wouldn't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. He fits my definition of celebrity. And initially, the first 10 minutes on my uh, Drag Race chat where we had Drag Race open on Google Hangouts for six hours... (laughs) It was not good, but then we were laughing harder than we've ever laughed on this show ever before. So I think it is another high recommended for the next four weeks. We had Bob the Trag Queen. We had Monet Exchange. We had Trixie Mattel. Three winners of this uh, series kind of getting these guys into drag. And it was actually pretty good. Like, (laughs) I was surprised. I thought it was going to be trash TV, but it it was pretty worthwhile. So there we go. Uh, next on the Drag Race bill, on TLC, we had the show, let me flip through my notes, uh, a Dragnificent. <laughs> so Dragnificent is basically Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, except with drag queens. And they tour America trying to fix up people's lives. We have Thor G. Thor, we have Alexis Michelle, we have Juju B, and we have Bibi Zahara Benet, uh, <laughs> just going to people's houses and trying to make them more drag. And this is very positive. I like the show. I'm glad that they're getting the coin because these are four great queens. It feels a little scripted, but it's good nonetheless. And then lastly, on our drag bin watch for the week, we have We're Here starring Bob the Drag Queen, Shangela, and Eureka Arhara. Uh, They go through uh, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania on this episode. It's on HBO. And they're basically trying to dragify the community and this one feels a little bit more real because we get some people going like oh those queers are tainting our store and i'm like yeah, that, that feels like gettysburg pennsylvania at this point so, <laughs> so there's that it, it feels more real but it's also very enriching and i'm just man rupaul is ranking in the fucking bank aside from fracking he is making millions <laughs> of dollars i don't know what's going on oh, in his I'm life right now but RuPaul is overtaking the world just like coronavirus is, and RuPaul doesn't see any signs of stopping at this point. <laughs> just like Corona, and there's no cure. Like, I had seven-plus hours of Drag Race watching mandated to me this week. That's that's crazy. <laughs> that's your homework. 
that <laughs> literally is my homework. And then lastly on TV court, I've got a, a underappreciated gem that I found on Netflix that I've been meaning to watch for an app, um, a while. This is uh, Anne with an E. Anne uh, with yes. an E. This is a, a Canada-based show retelling the events loosely of Anne of Green Gables, one of my favorite books. And guys, this is really fucking good. Like, I love this show. Is it PG? Oh, yeah, it's PG. Okay, it, it's PG, right. but 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 it's good. And um, it's a heartfelt period piece. And um, it's a... It continues in a different storyline from the novel. Uh, there's added characters. There's added subplots. There's definitely um, some sexual slash racial integrations that weren't in the original novel. It was canceled after season three, but uh, Canadian gem Ryan Reynolds wanted the fans to bring it back. But unfortunately, it hasn't been greenlit for a season four. Oh. This is from uh, the 80s, right? No, it's not from the 80s. It's recent. It's no, from the I, 2000s. I, I'm, there there was another. I, I yeah, pulled, yeah, I I pulled up saying. a trailer that's from 1985. No, you've got Anna Green Gables. No, it's called Anne with an E, not Anne of Green Gables. Yeah, yeah. Anne, Anne, Anne of Green Gables. I have it no right Anne with an E. <laughs> I know that's what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Oh no, brother! I I, I I I mispronounced it at first, but yes, I have Anne with an E of Green Gables. No, not of Green Gables. Just Anne with an E. <laughs> Who, who's on first? What are you talking about? You just said Anne of Green Gables, and I have no, the trailer right That's here. the book it's based on. Oh, so uh, it's just called Anne with an E. Yes, and it's on Netflix. It's super good. Like okay. it's it's enriching. I loved it. Like I'm in the middle of season two after like a binge watch. All right, I'm gonna finish that shit. It's really good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, at 40 minutes in, I, I finished my TV piece. So I'm bad. Did we see any movies? Uh, Movie phone. I did. I did too. I, I also did. I, I have I have six movies to talk about. Oh my! I've got only two, so I guess I should yes. three. I, so I, I guess I should three, go first. Three as well. All right. Well, uh, Matt, to give a break in my voice, do you want to take over? Sure. Drink some water. Yeah. Or, or wine. Anything uh, yeah. to get you smooth. <laughs> wine. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, yeah, I guess I started with Finding Dory. Um, <laughs> starring Sigourney Weaver <laughs> yeah uh, I don't really know why uh, we went with this one but I hadn't seen it I had never seen it it came out what four or five years ago and uh, I always wanted to but never got around to it so finally uh, April and I did uh, probably resulting from a, a, a blu-ray sale that Best Buy they've been having this blu-ray sale every week I'm sure it's going to happen again tonight Every Sunday, they've been discounting Disney 4K Blu-ray Steelbooks. So if you're interested wow. in that, uh, definitely check out BestBuy.com. That is www.BestBuy.com. I think I'll skip. <laughs> BestBuy.com slash Nightcaps. <laughs> You'll get exclusive discounts. If we lie about the promotion. <laughs> uh, no, so anyway, we finally got around to watching it. And um, it's solid. It's good. It's not... Maybe as funny as I was expecting it to be. Some of the jokes didn't quite land. And some of the new characters that we meet, I didn't really feel that connected to or uh, invested in. But, um, and kind of cur uh, curiously, uh, but maybe, maybe it was overall a net positive. But uh, Dory the Fish 
<laughs> oh, that's what she's played by human scum, Ellen Generist. So, so Dory the fish spends a decent amount of time away from our uh, heroes from the first movie, uh, from Marlin the fish and Nemo the fish. They they're, they're apart for a good amount of it, but you know, I guess that does kind of help their when they do have scenes together. It feels that much more uh, kind of special. And I didn't like this movie. <laughs> I, 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 okay. I like it. I I mean I haven't seen Finding Nemo in years and probably oh. at least a decade. Finding but, Nemo's uh, a fucking gem. Yeah, I mean Finding Dory's good. It's it, it doesn't reach the heights of the first one, but I do really like the emphasis on like her disability and like how actually um how it can really like impede her day to day living. And you know, there's yeah, so I, much to, to I guess disabilities that. are cool, I suppose. <laughs> No, it's not even. It's like I don't think they glorify it or anything. They, they're like, no, they don't. Yeah, they're like this is literally a thing that she has to deal with twenty four seven, and there's no real way around it, and there's no like easy answer. So I I really appreciated their approach. They didn't treat it like a like fucking Harriet giving her a superpower. <laughs> Starring Cynthia Evrio, <laughs> gem of the universe. The very same. Oh, I fucking love her, man. Not in Harriet, but in everything else. <laughs> But overall, it, it's a good watch. I, I recommend it. I like that they created it because uh, it, it really does flesh out the Dory character quite a bit more. And um, the Dory Fish character. And let's see. Apart from that, oh man, all of mine are Disney actually because uh, the second movie we watched was Cinderella. Oh, my favorite! <laughs> <laughs> oh! Wait, was uh, it the new or the old? Yeah, 2015. The live oh, movie. my least favorite! I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's from the 50s, 1950. Oh, my favorite! Uh, this was pretty good. I, oh. I I haven't seen this in like... Maybe I've never seen it, quite honestly. Um, I do really like it. Bibbidi-bobbidi-doo is a bop. <laughs> and... Um, Lady I, Tremaine is a fucking bop. <laughs> not too many things stuck with me from it honestly stop that's like the mary grand prey fucking not mary grand prey mary blair fucking pinnacle I, I mean it's very good i i really liked it as i was watching it the art style is fantastic it's it's really solid and i, I like irene it. woods as cinderella come on what other 1930s starlet would you get matt come on i i, I don't think he knows who that I'm is cultured. i do <laughs> um so it was good, you know. Yeah, well, it. it's on Disney Plus. It's easy to access. Definitely uh, give it a shot. Don't confuse it for uh, the live action one. Oh my god! If you're doing a Disney rewatch, me, you, and April have to get in a, a podcast going. Uh, not real. I mean, we started out. <laughs> <laughs> not, no, I don't think that's acceptable. <laughs> no, it's not what I meant. I mean, I think this was a um, a rare treat. Uh, this isn't something we're like intent on doing. It's just kind of fell onto our laps this way when when disney plus started back in november i was like oh, i want to watch all the uh walt disney animated studios features all like 60 of them chronologically and that lasted yes. about three or four features before i was Stop! like i mean <sighs> fantasia is like i get it it's fantasia good. is my fucking favorite matt it's so you so can go long. get another fucking room i I don't you know, know Fantasia was this close to being uh, shown right, on this right. podcast. 
I mean, it's solid. The animation sequences with like, you know, characters and a story, those are very good. The rest when it's like colors and stuff, I, I don't, I'm I'm too old for this shit. I I can't sit around watching colors and clouds all day. Maybe maybe in college, not anymore. I just nah, nah, nah. But um yeah, so that didn't last very long. And but we did get to uh, Sleeping Beauty mm, this week. Yeah. That was uh, the last movie that we saw. And this one this one I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, because this had an unexpectedly large amount of action by the end of it. There's like a fucking dragon and shit. Oh, yeah. Um, there's like some sword fighting. and uh, But I mean, I know it's Sleeping Beauty and like what she's known for is being asleep. So I, I do kind of wish maybe she had a bit more uh, to do in this movie, had a bit more agency. But I thought it, it was, was the forties. Yeah, 50s. Uh, yeah, fifty nine. I think this one was. Yeah. It, it was still very solid. Um, I think the animation was like a big step up from what we had just seen in Cinderella, which came out nine years prior. Mm-hmm. And no, there was just a lot to enjoy. Um, I don't think there were as many songs in this one, which I was okay with. Oh, wait, no, there were, there were a handful of songs, mostly by the uh, the three, like, witches, or fairies. Fairies! They are. <laughs> um, and Aura, I, Fauna, and Merryweather. I, yeah, I really like those characters, too. I thought they were funny. They were uh, fun to just hang out with. And, yeah, it's just solid all around. I, I really enjoyed Sleeping Beauty. And that's it for me. I'm hanging up the movie right. code. I've got three... All Mark, right. up oh. six. Okay, so I'll, I guess I'll go. Save, save the best for last. <laughs> All right. So my movie phone includes uh, Robert Altman's 1971 anti-Western romance, anti-Western. McCabe and Miss Miller. Yeah. What is that? Um, it, it's what the internet described it as. Uh, <laughs> the McCabe and Miss Miller, starring Warren Beatty and Julie mm. Christine who recently celebrated a birthday. Nice. Um, Warren Beatty of... Uh, La La Land fame? <laughs> yeah, of Miss Allocating the Oscar <laughs> to La La Land fame. <laughs> Basically. I, I thought this was good because I, I do have a, a penchant for Westerns, especially old Westerns. And this was more of a romance, but, oh my mm. God, it was so fucking depressing. <laughs> <laughs> like... Oh my god. And um, it's basically about building a whorehouse uh, for this new town. That doesn't sound depressing at all. <laughs> well, it's not best little whorehouse on the prairie, I'll tell you that. There's <laughs> there's whores, there's opium dens, and then there's a fucking oh no. ending that just makes you feel so fucking sad. Oh. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say, but it, w- it was alright, but Oh my god, being a sad person, I, I didn't really want to watch this again. Um, opening up my Bergman box, I've only got four left after this. Um, I've got 1972's Cries and Whispers, and this is basically the perfect isolation movie. It's about sisters dealing with the death of uh, another sister while the maid watches on. And it's about loving each other, weighing in their sins, social positions, 
uh, based on beauty and fame during the time period. It's very depressing. Another depressing movie that I watched. <laughs> and um, it's my fave in, the, in a while of Bergman films because it's very stylistic. So like these ladies enter wearing white and like the whole room is red and it's only set in this one like apartment complex. Hmm. It's very theatrical. So that was giving me life at the same point. But, you know, uh, Bergman's very hit and miss with this depression topics. So <laughs> I enjoyed it. Only four left to go until Bergman Box is finally ended after two years. <laughs> well, at least it was worth, uh, what, like $200? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love Bergman. I don't know what I would show on this podcast. Maybe this. Maybe this I don't know. <laughs> and then lastly, I have the original Stepford Wives, which I watched. Uh, 1975. Oh. Um, Matthew Broadwick. No, not that one. <laughs> not Nicole Kidman and uh, uh, Bette Midler. Not Once that one. you're up, then you're up. <sighs> and I, I do love the Stepford Wives because uh, the source material is from Ira Levin, who also wrote Rosemary's Baby, which is a favorite book and movie of mine. Um, the original is so much better. We don't get any horror until like the 30-minute the end, though. So mm-hmm. there's that. But I, I think it's really... Uh, rewarding feminist horror piece that is neglected. I think it's really good. Maybe a future watch on this podcast, but I, I, I enjoyed the original much more than the the new one, which has to incorporate comedy at every fucking second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's my uh, movie phone. I'm going to hang up. All right. Well, I also watched a Disney movie as well. Um, I, I watched uh, Pixar's Onward. Oh, uh, I haven't seen just, it. No spoilers. Me neither. Uh, sure. Um, the this I guess not not too recently just hit uh, Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty soon after it hit theaters, you know, and I guess not a lot not a lot of time that was there due to coronavirus for people to come out and see it. Oh yeah. Uh, so this stars both Tom Holland and Chris Pratt as uh, two Elfling brothers in a, a society where. Uh, magic and you know wizards and all different kinds of mythical creatures kind of develop into our modern day society due to um, I guess discovering um, the light bulb that that's pretty much what it comes down to they they somehow discover like just one piece of modern technology and then right from there what what seems like within a year's period they just kind of develop uh, <laughs> cars planes and automobiles. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Planes, trains, and automobiles? Planes, trains, and automobiles, yep. <laughs> and uh, so basically it's, you know, like uh, they their father had passed away and now they, uh, he left behind what seems to be some kind of enchanted staff and to bring him back for at least, I think, 24, 48 hours and things go awry. Uh, only his lower half is uh comes back but somehow it's also sentient uh and they just have to try to get to this destination to try and like revive them full before the actual time is up Hmm. and yeah hijinks ensue and bippity boopity uh we got a movie nice um uh, is it good (laughs) i i have written down here it's sweet it's light-hearted um i i kind of dig the chemistry between the two characters the two brothers here um you know chris pratt pr- plays like a you know like kind of a maybe early mid- stoner 
mid no uh, no no actually not like early mid 20s kind of like layabout loser um oh so chris uh, pratt so stoner uh, sure yeah yeah he, he he's more like a, an andy dwyer type of character here uh, but but he, but he has a lot of hearts you know like he's he's, he's very lovable i mean and he's very they're, they're, they're kind of the same character um <laughs> but uh yeah he, he but he's very like invested in like uh you know like the old days of magic and like how things used to be and like he's he's very D nerd like type of person but he's also has like kind of a punk side to him as well right. um and i got you that know, from his leather jacket oh yeah and and he's got like a kind of like kind of trippy van and tom holland's <laughs> kind of like his younger brother who's like kind of awkward and you know not sure how to talk to people so Basically, the the the, the character she's been playing since uh, his popularity. Uh, <laughs> yep. uh, so uh, there's nothing really new there in terms of uh, Tom Holland. Uh, I still like him. He's still he's you know he, nothing nothing bad about it. it. Just you know we've been getting the same kind of character from him uh, since uh, Ergo Spider Man. So um, yeah, the, yeah. No uh, Nick Drake. He's no Nick Drake. Um, Who but, that? So. Uh, you know, the visuals, they look nice. I didn't really have a problem with it. Uh, none, none of the jokes didn't seem to land for me. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely missing something, some kind of flair, some kind of charm to it uh, that I haven't really got from, from Disney movies or Pixar movies rather in a while. I could say, I could say that about Disney movies, maybe. I mean, I did like Moana, uh, but uh, like, you know, that, I mean, that, that's a whole different kind of animation studio as well. But uh, I, I also haven't seen, uh, uh, Toy Story Four or uh, Coco, which Ooh. I guess fall, they, they both fall into the Pixar. Um, Coco okay. is so fucking good. Agreed. But, but um, and not just because I'm uh, Hispanic. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I needed something a little bit more fleshed out here. Um, I don't know. It was it was definitely missing something for me. Uh, it's it's definitely watchable. It's definitely recommended for children. Um, uh, it you know it's very wholesome. Uh, I think the sudden last-minute inclusion of our LGBTQ Tiffany Harris Haddish, uh, Haddish, uh, Haddish. <laughs> yeah, uh, is is a little bit you no know, uh, very close to pandering. Uh, I I don't think that's really like needed just because of just how simple it is. Um, but other than that, it's it's fine. You know, it's a fine fine enough movie. Uh, I guess I recommend it. You know, I you know, nothing that you have to really go out of your way to watch, but. It's nice. It's a it's a nice movie. Okay. All right. So here uh, here we go with these next five movies. Oh boy. Uh, so first up, Spy Kids. Yes. This one, the original. <laughs> uh, yes. The uh, <laughs> Spy Kids one. Uh, so this this movie uh, stars uh, uh, Alexa Vega and Daryl Sabara. As, oh. our, as our titular spy kids, as their parents, Antonio Banderas and uh, Carla Gugina, who um, have retired as spies from the agency to raise their children, and but have kept it a secret from them until a new villain arises by the name of Floop Flugel. Floop is a madman! <laughs> Help us! Save us! <laughs> Played by Alan Cummings. And uh, his uh, his minion, also known as Minion, played by Tony Shalhoub, uh. who I guess under contract are looking to take over the world for some reason. And then parents get captured, and then all, what 
whoops, I guess the kids have to be spies now and have to rescue their family. Yeah. Um, and and spoilers, they do. <laughs> spoilers, <laughs> nobody lives. So I never watched a spy kid in my life. Oh, wow. This was a first yeah. time for me. Matt, Mark told me. <laughs> and, uh, I was baffled. Um, I liked it. I I actually I liked it quite a bit. It's very for the time. I think you could still have this movie as relevant as it can be. It doesn't make a lot of like maybe references for I guess two thousand one when this came out. Um, it it seems pretty cheap to to have been made, especially by Robert Rodriguez. I I have a s- sneaking suspicion why this movie was made. Uh, but uh, it's it, I. You know how you, uh, I don't know, this, I think I brought this up before, but people make movies to make their movie. You know, I, 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 I think you, you, you make a profitable enough movie to fund the movie that you really want to make. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Robert Rodriguez, uh, he, he's an eccentric uh, person when it comes to the kind of movies that he's uh, kind of, that have come about. You know, there's, you know, like, the, was it uh, the whole kind of Once Upon a Time in Mexico uh, uh trilogy i guess and uh you know uh from dust till dawn oh yeah I, and i recently found out he was actually post he was supposed to make the original resident evil movie that's hmm. now spawned an entire franchise that's god awful but i think his was supposed to be the worst incarnation no and i want to look up, i, I want to look up the script for it because apparently it's awful and the Oof. people that the people that he had um listed to uh play the the characters where did not fit them as at all which i think makes a lot of sense for why spy kids is uh, is here as well for what characters that are that are present because he's using a lot of his regulars you know denny <laughs> trejo's here tony banderas um we have a small cameo that i love by george clooney that pops in here cheech cheech marin is here as well <laughs> um but i love it I, I, I think this movie is adorable. I think it's action-packed. I think it's fun. It's definitely for kids. Um, I do like the shiitake mushrooms line here by Alexa Vega. Um, I think I think, I think think both kids have pretty good chemistry with each other. Uh, I, I, it's, 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 it's adorable. And, and, and uh, Alan Cummings is, uh, is just a treasure. He, he, might, he might be the one that steals the show here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's 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 i think it's a treasure you know it should be there it should be in should be in the vault uh, when we watch uh repo the genetic opera you're gonna be a fan yeah uh i remember seeing ads for that as well i love that movie all right uh next one spy kids 2 island of lost dreams <laughs> uh, i see what we're doing here here we go <laughs> so again we have our same uh returning cast members uh, for uh, Carmen and Junie and their parents, play no, both Antonio Banderas and Carla Gugina, and, <laughs> and a whole a whole new thing uh, <laughs> comes about, a whole new adventure where the spy kids have to <laughs> have to spy again. And, and, and I, I, <laughs> we know. <laughs> oh, you guys, oh you guys, you've watched these movies? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Yes, we're introduced to uh, Romero, played by Steve Buscemi, who has, who's, uh, who's invented uh, these these island creatures. Who accidentally he's grown 
and they're, uh, they're clones, kind of hybrid animal monsters. And, uh, and I, I like the premise here where it's uh, uh, the premise of uh, the morals of family values are, are present here, where also there's spy versus spy, which I kind of like now that we have this the whole new spy kids division that's now in place. And yeah, this one, this one's cute, too. I think it's a step down, I think, in terms of uh, villains. I, uh, you know, Mike Judge who has some kind of uh, um, weird connection, I, I guess, with a. Uh, Robert Rodriguez, I haven't uh, discovered because he's also in the last movie. He's the agent that fr- uh, that gets last turned into a Fugly. So uh, it, it's it's interesting to bring him back, and then somehow he turns heel and he becomes the villain after he becomes part of the the OSS. Um, but he's kind of boring, and his motivations aren't all all that like impressive. He just wants to take over the world, I guess. Uh, but Mark, but- do you think God lives in heaven? Because he too lives in fear of what wow. he's created here that, on that, earth. That was probably the most deepest line out of all, <laughs> out of these movies. I, I, I was so impressed. What do you by mean? It. I left being <laughs> quoted out of context on the internet, and then somebody else finishes it up with like dash Spy Kids two. I wonder. Well, I wonder what kids were left and what, uh, leaving the theater with that question in mind. Oh yeah. I was depressed. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's but so I do, good. I do like the. I do like how the uh, the the presence of the grandparents comes into play here too. You know, with uh, played by Ricardo Montalban as Grandpa Cortez. Even more in the trequel. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, oh wait, uh, there's a trequel. Oh. Whoa! Oh, we thought that's where you were going with this. Yeah, you haven't lived. Oh, well, Spy Kids 3D came over. Oh, well, well, maybe one day I'll talk about it. Wow, I thought that's where this is going. Yeah, Same. but uh, I, 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 I do like this movie. It's it, it's very cute. It seems uh, it also introduces my favorite character, uh, Dinky Wink, played by Bill Paxton. Uh, <laughs> fucking Dinky Wink. Oh, uh, I would. I want to ride the juggler. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's a it's a it's kind of it's a fun ride it's a bit of a step down but uh i i i still enjoy it <laughs> and this is only a year a year after the first movie came out too wow they knew yeah. they had a hit on their hands yeah so uh with that said i'll get to the next movie spike hits 3d game over hey, there uh, it is. you did a reveal <laughs> yeah i had an inkling it was coming uh yeah uh this is probably the cheapest movie uh, out, of, out, of, out of the three so far. Good lord! Wait, but Mark, this is important. Did you watch this in 3D or non 3D? Oh, it was non. Otherwise known as 2D. Well, like, I, and it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch it in 3D. Oh, I, I knew. I like, it was very obvious where the 3D was. was you missed half from. the movie. No, I know. I don't I'm, think so. I'm so I'm so disappointed. I wanted to watch it in its fullest form. <laughs> oh. Uh but yeah, n- now that uh, Junius stepped down from the OSS and he's kind of a lone man, he's taking odd jobs. He wants to afford this video game, Game Over, by by the toy maker, played by <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> I, I, I don't, he's in the running for uh, maybe best villain. I'm hoping we got to Shark Boy and Lava Girl at this point. Like, uh, clearly, I'm he, waiting. I'm biting my nails. He's... <laughs> He's he's reaching here for uh, being a uh, versatile actor, uh, but uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a sidestep from uh, from his other films he's done. So 
Uh, so Junie's sister is uh, now trapped in this virtual reality game. Carmen, do you Carmen? not know her name? No, no, I, I've already said her name. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> getting there. Calm down. Okay. Uh, so now, now Mike Judd, who's who's fired, but now brought back, and now I guess under house arrest for the OSS, and now his wife is also Selma Hayek. Yeah, and uh, love her pigtails. Uh, Summer Hag, future watch, maybe when we reconvene together at once. Previous now, watch, too. Junie has to go inside the game and he has to get to level five, but level five is unwinnable. <laughs> and he meets all these other casts of uh, terrible actor kids. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're not, oh, they don't yeah. really do, they don't do much for me. Um, we could, I, I mean, uh, I understand why they're there, you know, to make it more kid friendly. I tell you, this movie must have more green green screen blue screen than the star wars prequels put together <laughs> my goodness gracious oh um what about that one cameo oh we're we're, we're just about <laughs> to get there so in recent news elijah wood has been invading your towns um, yeah. but he also invaded the game the game over as guy the guy <laughs> and it's it's probably one of the best cameos ever <laughs> oh i love him <laughs> That like, just proves yeah. his bona fides. He's been a gamer for decades. Oh, he's been making yeah. games now. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a wild ride. It's maybe the ugliest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it's it, but it's a trip. So I would recommend uh, Weed uh, if pre uh, yeah. John's recommendations. I recommend weed. <laughs> Spy Kids 3D Game Over will always have a special place in my heart because that is the first film I remember uh, watching in theaters. And after it was over, being what? like, <laughs> "Did you not see anything before no, you no, were no. ten years no, old?" Let me finish. Let me finish. Movie. No, let me finish. That's the first movie I remember seeing in theaters. And as we were leaving, just feeling so sorry for my mother and father um, <laughs> that threw yeah. it with me. How old were you? I, I don't know. When did this come out? Uh, that was Pokemon, the second movie for me, Pokemon 2000. So No. Oh, okay. No, I see what you mean. I thought you meant this yeah. at the same time. Let me see. Let me, let no, me I, mean, I mean, that was my equivalent, yeah. This came out in July 2003. I was nine. <laughs> nine <and a> <laughs> so you were three years earlier than me, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Later. I had to no shame until 2000. This is another year right after the last movie came out too, so they must have been filming these almost nearly back to back. Wow. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, we get like a roundabout cast here. Grandpa Cortez is very is, has a very prominent role here. He's he, he's actually one of the most sympathetic characters actually here, mm -hmm. especially when like, he debates leaving the game, where it's like. Out there, I have to be in my wheelchair, but in oh here, my God. I, am a, I am a superhero. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. sad. Crazy. Oh, and I, I do like his motivations here where um, I, I uh, Stallone, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, he's a, he's just a madman. You know, who's just been an Loop is a madman. Help us, save us. Oh no! Like this, he, he is, he is more of a madman here than, than Floop. Floop just won a good television show. That's it. Um, and But uh, we'd also get a return from Floop, uh, but we get a return from everybody. Yeah. The Avengers assemble here. And you know what? <laughs> Everyone's your family. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it has the best line in the movie. 
<laughs> Did somebody ring the dinkster? <laughs> yeah, we know. That's your favorite. Oh, uh, and we got Wait, little you dink. Seen, you hadn't seen these movies, but you'd seen no. them over and over. Yeah. No, Dinkster Daily is a, a prominent YouTuber, and everyone should go and watch him. He uploads daily. Wow. Uh, but yeah, this this the movie just kind of ends. There's no really clear moral to it. I, um, yeah. That's kind of what it is. It's just like, yep, here it is. Spy Kids 3D. It's so uh, sad. Like, for this to be is. the end of the franchise, it just it's oh. on such a... Uh, John, I mean, Matt. And we've Matt. got Shark Boy and Lava! No, 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 no. Well, we you, know what, you know what I mean. We have one more Spy Kids to get through. And so that leads us to our next movie. Spy, oh, no. Kids, Spy Kids 4D. I haven't seen this. All I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this either, actually. Yeah. Strap in, guys. Oh, no. So this must have the, the highest production value, only because there's more real sets here than pro- pro- possibly the last three movies, even though one has some of the most impressive ones in mm. terms of, like, flu- Floop's uh, ma- mansion uh, and uh, what happens there. That, um, But and I, this also might have the best villain, out of out of all the spy kids uh wow. starring uh, uh uh who um it's i think what was it the clock the uh, the timekeeper that's it played by jeremy piven uh oh. who who uh you know you know he's i guess he might be desperate for for work nowadays i'm not too sure Probably. but but he's he has probably the most clearest motive out of uh uh our last three um antagonists here and uh so yeah, this stars. I guess like uh, it's kind of a soft reboot. I, at first, I was like, "Oh, they're they're just like rebooting the whole thing because Jessica Alba, uh, her last name is Cortez, but her first name's Marissa." I'm like, "Oh, I thought you were gonna be like older Carmen, but right. wait, Carmen does show up in this movie, what? and, and apparently, apparently, Jessica Alba is her aunt." Uh. And it, but we have. We don't never we never find out who side is she related to, because <laughs> obviously Machete, played by Danny Trejo, was um, uh, Antonio Banderas's brother. But we don't we don't know if like there was a sister involved with either right. him or Gugina. I need a Spy so Kids I, family I, tree. I, I, yeah. <laughs> so that'll be a movie. And uh, there's some talk about. Uh, Junie, like not like like we 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 don't mention him uh, anymore, but uh, but but, oh, wow. but but he does come back. He, he wow, he, uh, so take some time. Actors coming back. Oh yeah, there's there's some fan service here. Uh, I don't. Wow. I have. I didn't look up um, when this movie actually came out because the last the last Spy Kids uh, 3D that came out in 2003. And so this must have been closer to maybe like 2014, I want to say. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Proves the internet really fast. Yeah, this came out in 2011. Never mind. Wow. Yeah. So okay. nine years ago. And so Je- uh, Jessica Alba in this movie is married to Joel McHale. <gasps> Joel McHale. <laughs> really? And, he's, been, he's been in every oh, yeah. segment so oh, far. He's he's very prominent, but he has he, really has. he doesn't do anything in this movie. <laughs> uh he, so uh, apparently right off the bat, like uh, uh so apparently like she uh Jessica Alba's stepmother to his other two children that uh, I guess the girl doesn't like him or like her rather. 
because like you mm. can't replace our mom blah 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 and she's like a prankster and these new these new spy kids aren't you know like they don't know yet like like what's down uh with <laughs> her because then she gives up her career to start a family but also she's uh, she's kind of distant but joel McHale, who's like a terrible uh uh well he's kind of terrible in general but uh he, he's uh, no he's not he I, he just doesn't do it for me but he tries he's to, hot he's, he's start he tries to start this uh spy hunter show that doesn't go anywhere because uh, he first of all that comes out of nowhere it's like i how about a show that we call spy hunters where i find spies for whatever reason wait, and he's, so, it, wait and who and are he, the spies they're not spies so she is a spy, Jessica Alba. Oh. And she gives it, she gives it up to start the family because she gets pregnant, and uh, so there's a whole new baby in the mix here. And so, uh, with the return of the Timekeeper here and the Armageddon device, they <laughs> have to now like kind of bring in the spy kids uh, or recruit them because they're somehow involved with her and her history with the Timekeeper. Hmm. And and Jeremy Piven here is also playing a. a, a again still like stallone level i'm playing multiple characters here i'm so witty kind of kind of level uh and yeah it's it's whatever i'm not a big fan of it i i do like the premise uh also jeremy piven plays a talking robot dog and Uh, all of his all of his jokes are terrible oof wait who directed Um, this one robert rodriguez too i think it was him also (laughs) yeah so it, it's it's from his company. His like was it Bad Boy Productions or something like that. Life is rough. <laughs> oh, I I don't know. That might have been a line from the movie, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's it's just whatever. It's just like oh, here's Spike. Uh, we haven't had a Spike Kids movie in years. Let's bring this back and ruin it some more. It's got a three point five out of ten on IMDb, by the way. Oh, but. <laughs> My kids one has a five point four out of ten. Well, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll close the chapter on that. But for our last movie, oh, there's one more: <laughs> The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yes. You know what? I've never seen this. Oh! <laughs> you're, not, you're not a true fan. This is the best. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I wouldn't dream, 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 dream. Dream, 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 dream. I I wasn't sure what reference that was. Because, first of all, dream is a prominent uh, theme here. (laughs) Out of of all these Spy Kids and Shark Boys. uh, Like, Floop Song is all about dreaming. The Island of Lost Dreams. I don't know if there was any dreams in in 3D or 3D. (laughs) The whole thing was a dream. I used to read words off magazines. <laughs> Salt and pepper. Every day up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every day, every Saturday, rabbit type, Mr. Magic Marley Mall. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, this this was probably the worst one out of the whole Rodriguez. No! No! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't wow. like I didn't like any any of it. What? Wait, like worse than 4D? It, it, yeah, I, I mean, four D. There, there was some stuff to take the to pull me back into the into the Spy Kids genre. Okay, you know, like uh, we had all these like familiar things happening here. I, I like the villain. I like Jeremy Piven's villain. Uh, 
L- Lopez, uh, George Lopez here might be the best thing in the movie, but that's also not saying much. <laughs> He's not good. He's not good. <laughs> he is good. Uh, he only plays a character named Mr. Electric, who is just a, 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 a giant. Um, Modoc. Yeah. yeah. He's a giant screen with hands, electric hands, clamps. And uh, he he says a bunch of obvious electric puns that he has to also he has to point out where it's like, hey, what's up? You get it? What's uh, you know? and he has to like explain the whole kind of electric thing as if like because he's all he also plays uh, Max Racer, our our, tit- our our character here in the movie. This who, is the best movie. Who, I'm who, sorry. Who dreams of all these characters in their planet, and somehow it all just comes to life one day. He also so wait, what is the relation between Adventures of Sharkboy and Lava Girl? So and he, Spike, he's nothing. It, it's, yeah, and what? It's just, it's just style. It's just you know, like the way you look at a Spike Kids 3D. It's like okay, let's do Spike Kids 3D again, but let's add new characters. Well, basically, yeah. I, yeah, I thought there was no relation. I thought I was missing. There, no, 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 it, absolutely not. It, okay. And the movie, the movie is very ugly. Um, I, I, the villain is, is, is annoying. It's, it's a, it's his, it's his school bully. Who's also in a dream that finds his dream journal. And then he, he somehow <laughs> becomes the dream antagonist on, on planet drool, which is, which is the dream planet. Hmm. It's very messy. And I just, I don't, it's, 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 uh, it's very troubling. I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't. I, d- I didn't like it very much. In, in fact, I was kind of embarrassed watching it by myself. <laughs> well, at least you were by yourself. I yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a uh, not so good. <laughs> and I mean, I, I applaud anyone that grew up with it and liked it, but it it just didn't sit well with me. It's it's a uh, <laughs> kind of it made me feel icky. Mm. Yeah. Eh. Mm. I don't know. I think that's just. When did this film come out? Probably before Spike Kids uh, 4D, actually. Yeah, this was when we were kids still. Um, yeah, uh, not a fan. <laughs> and uh, that that's kind of where it ends for me. <laughs> that's so, fair. Well, I'm, I'm I'm happy to have like watched them and just kind of give my own perspective on it. But that's about it. Well, future watch on this podcast when we have Spike Kids month. Uh oh! Oh boy, you want uh, them prematurely, Mark? Yeah, Yikes. I'm sorry. I love the Spy Kids franchise. <laughs> uh. that, that's good. <laughs> that's all right. All right. Um, with that, shall we segment into Trot on the Boards? Any theater we've got to talk about? Nope. I've got zip. I've got something. <laughs> Okay, go, go ahead. So, Dave Malloy of Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, Ghost Quartet, and etc. has released his Beowulf um, theater production online. Ooh. You like Beowulf? You like rock musicals? Well, you better check it out, baby. Will I be able to understand what's being said? Yeah, it's okay. in common English. Yeah, it's fun. It's not in the old... Uh... Old English. No, it's not in uh, We Young Gave de Begum. It doesn't look anything like that terrible movie that came out in, like, what, 2009? Uh, people 
uh, a harsh critique, but people love that movie, Mark. No, they, they can love it, but they can also like love other better things as well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, it does not look like that. It's pretty good. I, I would highly recommend it. Cool. Be nice. Yeah. All right. Into disc jockeys. I got nothing. Ooh, I've got a bombshell. I got nothing. All right. Let me take it away. Oh boy, this month of April has been insane in the realm of music, mostly because of one thing that happened. But before I get into that, the Chromatica leak? No, no, no. Oh, we're not we're not living in the best timeline. Never mind. So, let's see. I'll start it off with Laura Marling's new album that came out uh, April tenth. That was uh, three two weeks ago, and um, yeah, no. I, I actually don't know. I, I haven't heard this one. I've heard a couple songs from it. I just really like Laura Marling. Uh, she's uh, British, but her music sounds kind of American. It's got almost like Americana vibes to it. And she has just consistently been releasing uh, good new albums every few years. Um, more, most recently, I would say with the past couple, maybe the past few albums, she's been kind of like exploring the female identity and um, just... Uh, what it means to her to be a woman in uh, whatever her experiences are uh, in regards to that. Like the the title for this most recent album is Song for Our Daughter, uh, despite her not having a daughter. Uh, so she kind of uses this template as to address a uh, hypothetical or uh, theoretical or maybe a... Uh, a daughter that might be in her future, but is not currently there in her presence as of yet. Uh, it's good. I heard good things, and I like what I've heard. Next up, we got. Oh, and she's also been uh, on Instagram Live giving guitar tutorials. So uh, you know, if you're if you play the old, if you tickle tickle the old strings. Try <laughs> to think about that. Did you? <laughs> Next, we got um, West Tank. This is somebody who I had never heard of. I don't think anybody had heard of them uh, or heard of him prior to a few weeks ago. But he has made a wave in, I guess, the YouTube and the meme and the rap community by putting Dr. Seuss rhymes over Dr. Dre beats. Ooh. <laughs> so uh, I think he has a handful of YouTube videos out. He does uh, the Cat in the Hat. He does the Lorax, Fox in Socks, Green Eggs and Ham. And I gotta say, they honestly sound pretty good. Like, um, he, he was, I was, I was listening to an interview with him, and he gave the story that, like, he was at a house party a handful of weeks back, maybe a month ago, certainly before it was illegal to have a house party, I imagine. Um, and he had left the party for some reason, maybe to step outside, and he saw a Dr. Seuss book on the ground, just picked it up, started examining it, you know, and he just kind of looked through his phone for any any beats or instrumentals that he might have, and he had a uh, Dr. Dre's uh, deep cover on there, and so he he decided, you know, what if he just went back to the party, took a hold of the mic, and started spitting some Dr. Seuss over these beats, and needless to say, like a a couple of lines, a couple of rhymes in, he enraptured the audience and everybody was clapping for him and they loved it so yeah now he's been on youtube in uh during the time of quarantine and 
he's just been providing this service for, I don't know, I guess children, uh, young people, the young and old, the young at heart. I don't know, but it's good. I would actually uh, recommend it. <laughs> it's, it's better than you would expect it to be. And finally, oh, Oh, oh Lord, this what this, I don't know. I, I haven't really been invested in the music landscape for a while, but this kind of seemingly came out of nowhere. Fiona Apple. Oh, uh, she, she's been around for 24 years. I believe her first album came out in 96. Every single album of hers is fantastic. I yeah. have loved her for a long time. Um, and she's been making making waves for well, basically a long time. Um, lots of people know her from uh, that first album. I think it got like an MTV Video Music Award or something. And she uh, went on stage and gave the speech about like not really caring about awards and uh, just saying like, you know, I don't know, be yourself. Don't try to perform for these jagoffs. And then she walked away with the award in, in hand. <laughs> and <laughs> let's see. Yeah, but she she's kind of a, a hermit. She does not talk much. She doesn't give an inter. She doesn't give interviews much. She barely uh, releases music. Her last album came out. Let me see. I think it was eight years ago. Uh, that one was yeah eight years ago. The idler wheel is wiser than the driver of the screw, and whipping cords will serve you more than ropes will ever do. That's her fourth wow. album, and um, it, it's fan- I I really like it. it so solid i love it there's so much emotion in it i love her um her sense of music musicality and i i even own the deluxe edition of that which like is a really awesome deluxe edition that i i recommend i think you could probably still find it on amazon maybe it's i don't know maybe it's a collector's item now because who boy in this past week or so you know i listen to the music i mean i listen to the radio all the time nobody was talking about this fiona apple album um, I had heard rumblings about it. I knew it was kind of coming out, but it dropped last week and pretty much broke like all the music blogs. Uh, Pitchfork gave it their first perfect 10 out of 10 since oh. uh, 2010, since 10 years ago when uh, Kanye released My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's, I mean, it's just not an accolade that happens very often. So they... They gave Fiona Apple a 10 out of 10. It's been receiving rave reviews, universally praised. Um, last I checked, I actually want to check this right now. Last I checked, uh, it was actually the greatest album of all time. Uh, if you go on if you go on metacritic.com and you go to best albums of all time, let me see if it's still on there. If uh, my internet will decide to start working. Hashtag fuck you Comcast. Switching over to my trusty T-Mobile T. Yep, it is still the best album of all time. What? It has a perfect 100 on Metacritic, and the next album has a 99. It is unbelievable. I mean, things do look a little different uh, if you include re-releases, because right now I think it's only including like orig- uh, original album release window reviews. But if you add re-releases, it's still, you know, it's still in the top 15, along with like... Uh, the Beatles, the White Album, Led Zeppelin Four, <laughs> Exile on Moon Street, <laughs> OK Computer, the Ramones, uh, Weezer back when they were good, Sgt. Pepper's, like it's it's in good company. It's kind of insane. Um, it's really just mind boggling how how critics and the music community have taken to this album. People are in utter 
love with it. And uh, that Pitchfork review, I, I think they said, like, no music has ever sounded like this before. Uh, it's just phenomenal. And uh, kind of like Laura Marling, her music has been exploring, like, the female identity and um, just kind of her relationship. Uh, her last album was a lot, had a lot to do with, like, her relationship with men. This one is more like her relationship with women. And um, it's it's really solid. I recommend, um, I mean, obviously it's solid. I, I don't know if I will if I grasp onto it as much as, you know, the critics do, I don't think it's a perfect 10 out of 10, but it's still kind of revealing itself to me day by day. Like, uh, there's this one track called for her that is largely at acapella, um, which is, uh, something she's done before in the past, but it's still, still very effective. And I, I, yeah, I didn't really, I bothered to listen to the lyrics quite a bit, but, I didn't really try to understand them until I I heard that the message of that song for her is, or that's the title for her. I'm not trying to say like her message, but anyway, uh, the message of it is um, she met this intern, this Hollywood intern who, um, you know, was trying to make a name for herself. You know, it, it's, it's the same old story. She's trying to make a name of herself in LA and um, she has this mentor who, you know, she didn't realize it at the time, but kind of takes advantage of her sexually and uh, she, uh, comes to the conclusion that she was, in fact, raped by this person. And oh the song, when when it's about or when I view it through that lens, it becomes like so much more powerful. It's it's really good. But it, it's not really trying to, you know, it's not trying to be it's not trying to sound powerful or really bring meaning to uh, like this trauma and this pain it's not like self-aggrandizing in that way. It's just more like angry and lashing out and a little bit sarcastic. It's, it's just so good. I, I, I love Fiona Apple. She has a, a very unique voice and I'm glad that, you know, hopefully this brings her more, uh, more ears onto her music because it's man, it is not every day that an album is praised this much. And uh, hmm. yeah, it's fantastic. I, I call it mandatory listening for anybody Anybody out there, just find it on your streaming service. Oh, I never mentioned the title. <laughs> it's called <laughs> Fetch the Bolt Cutters, which comes oh. from, uh, it's a line from some sort of, some show. I forgot what it was. Some female character on a show says Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Christina, get me the axe. <laughs> I think it might be like something like uh, Homeland, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that could be it. It's like some sort of crime thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Some detective says it, but. Yeah, no, definitely check it out, man. I, yeah, I wasn't expecting, I, I knew a new Fiona Apple was going to be good, but I didn't think it was going to be this, uh, this important, this kind of a landmark that it ended up being. And, uh, yeah. Wow. That's it for me. I, I that's, that's my spiel. It's All just right. Oof, that yeah. never happens. Well, with that, I think we can bring another amuse-bouche episode of Nightcaps of Theater to an end. Uh, as always, you can find me, Jonathan Gronkowski, and my other podcast, Anime Was Not a Mistake, where we're currently watching Revolutionary Girl Uchina and some One Piece. You can find me at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram, Drink and Read JK on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me over at MZero Jr. over on Instagram or Manu Resets over on Twitter. And you could find me, Macabrera, um, just not listening to music, not watching TV, and just not really doing anything, just being a shell of a human being. 
because uh, that's that's what I heard Fiona Apple's technique is. She apparently does not listen to contemporary music at all. She doesn't know what's popular, what's out there. She just does what she does. And uh, I'm going to start doing what I do by not um, by, by not viewing anything. So pardon me if in the future my Moose Boost segments are, are drastically shorter. Are silent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, well, uh, next week, as we said, you can, uh, f- continue with us at this, uh, night Netflix and chill segment that's going on. Um, I'm picking one of my favorite movies, which involves the fact that, you know, is she from America? I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a long one, so strap in. But other than that, we'd appreciate your viewing. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, all in between. Stay safe. See ya. See ya. Bye. Host, bartender, movie podcast curator, and pretentious cinema snob. Nightcaps at the theater. Yeah, that's right. Oh. You heard of it? Well then, friend, let me top you off. It's thanks to people like you that this little show of ours can make it into the final reel week to week. How else could Mark fund his Funko Pop addiction? Or Matt create a new internet handle every episode to avoid the FBI? We can't thank you lovelies enough, but why not keep the party going? Do you want to have a conversation on campy cult classics, question foreign flicks, or massacre movie monstrosities? Then look no further. Reach out to us on social media. You can follow our humble little podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Nightcap Cinema. And if you aren't listening to us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, whatever, and rating, reviewing, and for goodness sake, subscribing, well then, we might have to tell Aunt Ida to put some cha-cha heels on to kick your ass. I think I talked your ear off enough, though. But put that wall away. This last nightcap is on us. 